Hello everyone and welcome back to my podcast. Today is episode 14, I believe. And yeah, we have a action-packed, uh, very fun episode. Um, I know I've been gone for a while and I've been meaning to record this episode for a long time and I'm glad I'm finally doing it today. So today we got some playoff and Super Bowl picks. Um, I'm going to predict who's going to win this week in the um, NFC and AFC Championship and I'm going to predict who's going to win the Super Bowl. Um, we got some NFL award predictions, defense player of the year, MVP, coach of the year, comeback player of the year, all the good awards. And we got some NBA power rankings from my favorite team to the ace best team. Um, I didn't want to rank all of them because that would just take way too long. So, yeah, let's hop right into it. And we're going to start with um, playoff and Super Bowl picks. So, I think it's safe to say that with these divisional games and wildcard games, I think they've been – the best maybe playoffs I've seen, uh, like maybe in my life. It's been incredible to watch these games. Divisional game, um, you had Titans, Bengals, and you got to watch um, two offenses who didn't really play very well. It was a very low scoring game. Final score was um, nineteen sixteen, believe I believe, and you got to see these defenses play and really show their true colors. Um, you got to watch Joe Burrow get sacked nine times. So that's one thing I think going into the offseason, whether they win the Super Bowl or lose or do whatever, whatever happens. Um, they need to fix their offensive line. I think that's what they need to go after in this draft and free agency, um, trade deadline maybe. And so, yes. Um, so obviously now we have Chiefs, Bengals, Chiefs got, I think the Chiefs-Bills game was the best NFL playoff game I've seen in my life. Um, You see um, Josh Allen, who has been the leader of this Bills team that has never been seen as the best team. You always look, oh, the Chiefs were – everyone doubted the Chiefs towards the beginning of the year, so they leaned on the Cardinals, and they leaned on the Packers, and went back to the Chiefs, and then it was the Titans towards the end of the year. And they've always been – they haven't been put in that top-ranking teams. I, and Josh Allen put on a clinic. I think he made a case for MVP. Um, so I think he threw in the wild card and divisional game against the Chiefs and then the game against the Patriots. Um, he threw nine touchdowns and one interception in just two games, which is pretty incredible. Um when you think about it, and then you look at this Chiefs team who was winning, and Gabriel Davis had a mini career in a game, um, I think uh, almost 300 receiving yards, and the only player in NFL history to have four um, receiving touchdowns in a single playoff game. But the Chiefs offense being the Chiefs offense and the overtime rules being their um, weird and different, Annoying overtime rules. The Chiefs were able to pull off a win, driving 44 yards in 10 seconds, giving um, Harrison Butker a chance to send the game into overtime. Uh, Bills never even got the ball. Um, Chiefs went down the field. Bills could not stop them, and they won. So going into this game, um, I like the Chiefs. Um, I think this is it's the same story. I don't think – um, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon in that offense can keep up with a Chiefs team like the a, a team with 
the Chiefs' offense. I'm that's. I don't think the defense can stop them and get enough stops late in the game, and I don't think their offense can even keep up scoring wise. And so, yes, um, my uh, score prediction for the Chiefs is 48, 20, 40, 42. Oh my gosh, Chiefs forty-two, Bengals twenty-eight. I think the Bengals are going to keep it close, but I think the Chiefs are going to pull away late. I think the Bengals' defense is going to get tired from being on the field for such long, and um, they're just going to run out of gas. All right, going into the 49ers-Rams game, you have a Rams team who have played two phenomenal games. They destroyed the Cardinals in a defensive-dominated game um, on on the Rams side while also putting up 37 points offensively showing how good their offense can be and how talented um, their defense is and how good they can be when they all work together. And, and they beat the Buccaneers, a team who everyone thought would maybe go back to the Super Bowl and be playing the Chiefs again for the second straight year. But no, we got to watch the full effect that I think the MVP of that game, if, Cooper Cup didn't fumble and start really the comeback for the Buccaneers. It would be Cooper Cup, but it is for me um, that Rams defensive line. Um, that Rams defense defensive line had Tom Brady begging for help the whole game. He was under constant pressure. Von Miller played absolutely phenomenal. Um, Leonard Floyd played well, and Aaron Donald, one of the best defensive players in the league played incredible too when you have to step up in the pocket because you have pressure coming from both sides from Leonard Floyd and Von Miller and you step up to face Aaron Donald I mean there's no line in maybe the NFL that can stop Aaron Donald Von Miller and um I just forgot his name Leonard Floyd um and it's gonna be basically impossible and we got to see the full effect of that team um Matthew Stafford was absolutely on fire at the beginning of the game he couldn't miss a throw um Tyler Higby played well Odell Beckham Jr. during the um, during his time with the Rams has been really good I think it's definitely restored his career and put him back on the map I think he's still a good receiver I don't put him in a top I don't I wouldn't even put him in a top 20 receiver in the NFL right now, but I'd still say he's a very good contributor. And then the 49ers, who barely snuffed out a win against the Packers, who I thought would end up in the Super Bowl. And yes, um, being half asleep, I was watching that game. It was 3-10. to 10. I thought the Packers were just going to score another touchdown and the 49ers would just drive down. Jimmy G would throw another interception or something. But, no, the Packers are driving, and then it, it stops. Their drive stops, and they're forced to punt. And the 49ers block the punt and return it for a touchdown. At this moment, I am absolutely put into shock. I am questioning whether my eyes have gone crazy or that I've just witnessed a blocked punt return for a touchdown to tie up the game. And throughout this whole week going into this 49ers, uh, 49ers Green Bay Packers game, it was we know that the Packers will win the game on the offensive side. And um, we know the 49ers have really good defense. 
So maybe they'll win that defensive side, and it's going to come down to who wins the special teams game. And the Packers being one of the worst in special teams in the NFL, the 49ers needed to have that, needed to win the special teams. And when it came down to it, they did, and in a very clutch way. And on that final drive that Jimmy G led down to kick a game-winning field goal by Robbie Gold um, was a really good drive. Um, you have George Kittle, who when he's on point, he's maybe um, as good as Travis Kelsey. I think George Kittle and Travis Kelsey are both. You could put, you could rearrange them for a second, for a second, either way. And it's um, Travis Kelsey has his big games, but he has his down games. And George Kittle has his huge games, and um, George Kittle has his down games. So they're both not, they're not as consistent. For me, that's why I have trouble with them um, talking about fantasy now. So, yeah. All right. So, 49ers, Rams. Rams 21, 49ers 24. Um, I love this 49ers team. I think Debo Samuel is almost unstoppable. Um, we know he uh, faced an injury late in the game against the Packers. But uh, sources say he's healthier and he's feeling better. Um, and in the season finale when these two teams played, um, their cornerbacks were almost uh, like hanging on a string. Um, there were so many injuries, and the 49ers were down to their third, fourth, fifth string cornerbacks. And, um, and they relatively managed Cooper Cup. Van Jefferson Jr. and Odell, Odell Beckham Jr. pretty well. And now that they have a healthier secondary and a healthier team, um, I think they're going to win this game. And so going into the Super Bowl, Chiefs 49ers um, again. And I, I'd, I think the 49ers have been one of the best stories in the NFL this year. But when it comes down to playing the Chiefs, and you having Jimmy Garoppolo and them having Patrick Mahomes, I mean, that's the difference. I think the Chiefs win the Super Bowl 35-49-17. I think it's going to come down to can the 49ers get stops, and I don't think they'll be able to. I think the Chiefs' offense is going to completely control this game, and the 49ers are going to put some points up late, but it's going to be too little too late. And the Chiefs are crowned champions for the second time in three years. So those are my playoff picks and Super Bowl picks. Now we're going to go into the NFL awards. So first we're going to start off with Comeback Player of the Year. This is an award that's I felt like when you think of like the best awards, you think of MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Defense Rookie, blah, 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 blah. Um, I feel like this one is almost put in the shadows and not looked at as in equal to all those awards. But I do think it's as important of an award as all the other ones. And this year, my prediction for Comeback Player of the Year is Joe Burrow. Um, and the reason why is last year we all know that he tore his ACL in his rookie season. Tearing your ACL for most players is a season-ending, career-ending type of injury you can play your first five games and look like an absolute stud tear your acl come back next season and you look like a completely changed person you can't move in the pocket you uh struggle um pushing the ball downfield and uh sub um 
like sustaining large drives, but that's not the case for Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow probably came back better um, than he did his rookie season. He's led this team to an AFC championship, um, beating the Raiders, then beating the Titans. And I think this Cincinnati Bengals team has been an incredible team to watch. Being a Steelers fan, I get to watch them put on a clinic on my Steelers defense twice a year. And it was definitely, I wouldn't call it a fun experience, but I would call it entertaining. Um, This offense is definitely very explosive. You have Joe Mixon, who's a really good running back, who has definitely burst onto the scene this year. Um, You have Jamar Chase, um, one of the best young talents in the NFL that I'll talk about later. Um, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, both great young receivers. Um, you have a line that needs some work, but it's going to get better this offseason. And then you have Joe Burrow, the anchor of the anchor of it all, who has played uh, phenomenal this year and deserves all the credit in the world. Um, next, we have Offensive Player of the Year. Um, obviously, in the past decade and years, um, offense has just been increasing. Um, the passing game increases. Everything goes up offensively. And when you think of offense this year, I think of one person. I think of one person who has shattered records, um, played historically um, incredible, and that's Cooper Cup. Um, I think if Derrick Henry's healthy, I think maybe if he uh, he was on pace earlier this season to rush for over 2,000 yards, and if he does that, maybe i put him in this spot. But we obviously know that he got injured. Um, and obviously when Derrick Henry kind of fell off, um, Jonathan Taylor, who I had on my fantasy team, uh, burst on the team, became the best running back in the NFL. But when you think of offensive and record breaking and what he's done this year, it is absolutely incredible. He has put up Jerry Rice like numbers and isn't getting appreciated like Jerry Rice does. Um, you have an offensive team in the Rams, who have just so much talent, Cam Akers, Sony Michelle, and then you look at those wide receivers, Um, Odo Beckham Jr., when Robert Woods gets healthy, he is very good, Um, Cooper Cup, Odo OBJ, Van Jefferson Jr., and this team is just all around incredible, and it's great to watch. They're obviously a very incredibly talented team, Um, but Talent isn't talent is not going to win games. Chemistry and um, mental strength does, and so Cooper Cup has just been phenomenal this year and deserves all the credit. Um, then we're gonna go to Defensive Player of the Year. For me, this isn't even a debate. I think it should be the easiest decision in the history of decisions. I think this could either be this could even be a unanimous defensive player of the year. I think it's TJ Watt. Being a Steelers fan, I got to watch him absolutely dominate the NFL this year. Um, And if you think about it, he missed four games and tied the NFL sack record. If he gets one sack in each of those four games, he breaks the sack record and puts up 26 and a half sacks. Um. TJ Watt is, I think he's one of the best Ed Rushers I've ever seen. And uh, I think he's as good as, I'm not going to say he's better. I, I don't think he's as good, but I think he, if he keeps this up, I think he's 
going to maybe be as good or even better than Lawrence Taylor. Lawrence Taylor is obviously one of the most dominant players in the NFL, and we see that today with T.J. Watt. Not um, constantly, quarterbacks are under pressure by T.J. Watt and are running for their lives, and it's honestly the most entertaining thing in football to me. And I think this should be a unanimous decision. I don't think anyone should vote against him. When you look at the impact that he's had, it's incredible. Um, this man has led the Pittsburgh Steelers defensively into the playoffs. You look at a team who scratched and clawed for um, last five weeks of the season, barely making it into the playoffs after having a 5% chance to make the playoffs going into the last week of the season. And you just look at T.J. Watt and you think he's the re- he is the rock for this defense. He is such an incredible player, and I think he should be unanimous defense player of the year. Going on to the rookies, offensive rookie of the year. In um, second place, I guess, we'll put Mac Jones. Um, He, originally going into the season, I don't think anyone expected Mac Jones to be the second place guy for Offensive Rookie of the Year. I think everyone was thinking Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is going to be one of the best quarterbacks of all time. And we obviously, we didn't see that incredible rookie talent that we saw of him out of college and yeah, second place I'd put Mac Jones. I wouldn't say he completely led his team into the playoffs. I think his defense definitely helped him out. He's got an incredible line, the best coach in football history. And um, so first place I'd put Jamar Chase. He's put up incredible numbers, one of the best yards after catch guys. Um, I think he's top five in the NFL in yards as a rookie. That's incredibly hard to do. Um, obviously having Joe Burrow helps his case. Um, Having him throw you the ball instead of having, uh, like, some guy like, I don't know, Zach Wilson or just any bum in the NFL who can't throw the ball. And Jamar Chase obviously got lucky with having Joe Burrow. Um, and Jamar Chase is an absolutely incredible player. Um, once again, being a Shields fan, I got to watch Jamar Chase um, shred the NFL, shred the shred cornerbacks. Um, you got to watch him. I think he put up like 370 yards against the Chiefs. And I originally thought it was a high school game. I thought I was watching ESPN the next day, Sports Center, and it said like 369 yards or something weird like that, something crazy. And I was like, why are they showing high school stats? And it showed a picture of Jamar Chase. I was like, is this like Jamar Chase's cousin? And then I was like, no. It's actually Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase put up 369 yards. That's absolutely absurd. Um, and I definitely think he, rec- uh, he should receive a ton of credit. I think he is easily the offensive rookie of the year. Defensive rookie of the year, I think this should also be an easy pick. You look, you're look, you looking at a guy who's, um, whose defense coming into the year was poor, was terrible, and obviously – Um, with a new defense coordinator coming in, that helped the team. But obviously, Micah Parsons helped the Dallas Cowboys as much as anyone. Um, His ability to play edge rusher, his ability to tackle, to play linebacker, to drop back in coverage is absolutely phenomenal. I think he's a generational talent. I think if he continues this, he had 12 and a half sacks as an inside linebacker, middle linebacker. That's crazy. Um, him having the flexibility of playing edge rusher and linebacker definitely helped the Cowboys with injuries this year to Demarcus Lawrence. 
And you watch Mike Micah Parsons, who is an incredible tackler, very physical. But when he needs to, he gets athletic, makes interceptions, make, makes really great plays. And he's definitely an incredible player to watch. I think he should. this should also be an easy pick. I think Micah Parsons is a defense rookie of the year. Going on to coach of the year. Um, this one's kind of a tough one for me to pick. But I think I'm going to go with Matt LaFleur. Um, You look at a team, it's a Packers team, who were absolutely incredible this year. Um, in the regular season, I think they were 13-3 again. Um, um, no, I think they'd be 13-4 or 14-3. I can't remember for sure. But um, Matt LaFleur is such a good coach. You've seen Matt LaFleur take the Packers, I think, three straight years into the playoffs. Um, before this year, it was um, two, two straight years to the NFC Championship. But now uh, they lost in the divisional, so um, that streak is ended. But still, uh, three straight years in the playoffs is pretty incredible. As a coach who just came into the Packers organization, um, and it's really cool to watch because you watch um, Matt LaFleur and you feel like um, my dad, who um, recently, um, he loves the NFL. He's a big Bears fan. Um, it's really cool to watch him watch the NFL. I know that might sound weird, but he still thought um, Mike McCarthy was coaching for the Packers. And, um, yeah, and when you think of it, you think, wow, Matt LaFleur has really – it seems like Matt LaFleur has been with that organization for such a long time, and he hasn't, and he really has just gotten there. And it's really incredible to watch how good he's been in such a short time. And so, yes, I think Matt LaFleur is the 2021-2022 Coach of the Year. All right, the big award MVP. This is also another tough award. You no, it was really a no one knew who was throughout this year. There was really no one big dominant team. Um, you think about it, the Chiefs were inconsistent um, at times. Uh, Cardinals came in strong but lost a few bad games. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins got injured. Uh, Kyler Murray struggled with injuries. Um, and then you look at the Packers, who I just talked about with Matt LaFleur, and you look at how good of a player Aaron Rodgers was this year. Um, and you think about how good of a duo Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers are. Um, they are such an incredible duo, and they are such an incredible pair to watch. When you – having Devontae Adams on my fantasy football team made me watch a lot more Packers game, and having my dad as a Bears fan <coughs> watch the um, – being a Bears fan and watching the Packers beat the Bears basically twice a year, I get to watch Aaron Rodgers be even – just be incredible um, year after year after year after year. And it's – Incredible watch. This dude is absolutely incredible. My dad uh, says this a lot. He can do basically anything. When he wants to throw a soft pass with some touch, he does. Flick of a wrist. When he wants to absolutely launch a 50-yard rifle, he does. Flick of a wrist. Um, it's, it's really incredible to watch, and I really wish we would be able to see more of him in the playoffs this year, but that's obviously not how it went. So I think Aaron Rodgers is the um, MVP. All right, 
So, this episode has definitely been way longer than I thought. So, we're going to go into NBA Power Rankings, and we're going to try to go really quick. So, at number 8, I have the Philadelphia 76ers. We all know that Ben Simmons is out, and Joel Embiid is really carrying this team. They're playing really well. Um, They're one of the best teams in the East, especially with the Nets injuries. And I definitely think um, when you forget about the whole Ben Simmons drama, you look at Joel Embiid and how good he has been. Um, number seven, you got the Utah Jazz, who are getting healthy and are still one of the best teams in the league. You look at how good they were last year. They were one of the best teams in the West. And um, you have Donovan Mitchell, who could, in in a few years, be one of the best players in the NBA. Um, you, you got Rudy Gobert, who is an incredible shot blocker. You got Bogdan Bogdanovich, who is a really great shooter. Um so yeah, I definitely think this team is really good, and if as as soon as they get all healthy, I think that this team is going to be almost impossible to stop. They're so they're so talented and have such good chemistry. Number six, we have the Chicago Bulls, and the Chicago Bulls story this year is how great of an offseason they had. You look at them last year, and they were bottom in the East, um, one of the worst teams in the NBA, and then the change from last year to this year is absolutely phenomenal. Um. Obviously, we know they picked up Nikola Vucevic, DeMar DeRozan, and um, Lonzo Ball, who is a really great point guard. Um, you have Nikola Vucevic, a really good big man in the league, getting older. But if you can get good now and continue to surround him with young, good talent, um, I definitely think this team can go far. And obviously, you have Zach Lean, one of the best players in the NBA. Maybe not one of the best players in the NBA, but very athletic, very talented, can shoot really well. Um, and you can always count on him to get a bucket. That's also with DeMar DeRozan. He is very clutch. We saw him with that one-legged fadeaway game-winning three-pointer, which is absolutely Kobe-like, um, which is actually crazy to think about. Today is his two-year um, death anniversary, which is so sad. Um, obviously, I remember, I can remember that day like it was yesterday. I remember going to my aunt's, and everyone was talking about it. My my uncle, my aunt and my uncle are big sports people. My uncle is actually the coach of um, a high school football team. And um, he's a big sports guy. Uh, he likes football more than basketball, but everyone knows Kobe. Um, I remember going there. And it was definitely everyone was talking about it. It was really sad and um, um, definitely a tough day for a lot of people. Um, so... Yeah, I just wanted to say that. Um, God bless Kobe. Um, I hope you're, I hope you're enjoying, um, watching us, watching down on us, um, in heaven. So, rest in peace. Number five, we have the Milwaukee Bucks, who are one of the best teams in the East. When you think about how the Brooklyn Nets are not healthy, Kevin Durant is going to be out for a couple weeks now, and um. They recently lost Grayson Allen, and being a North Carolina basketball fan, I hate Grayson Allen. So I'm obviously happy that Grayson Allen got suspended for two games. Um, so, but it's not good for Bucks fans. Um, Grayson Allen, Grayson Allen has been a really good pickup for this team, and has been playing really well this season. I think he's been averaging 14 points on almost 40% field goal percentage. So he's definitely going to be um, missed going into these next couple games. Number four, we have the Memphis Grizzlies, who have obviously been led by maybe even an MVP candidate, John Morant. John Morant is one of the best young talents in the NBA, maybe the best young talent in the NBA, who has so much to prove and so much to shine. If you put John Morant on a 
um, on a t- on any team with so much talent. I mean, this Grizzlies team is very talented. Um, you got Dylan Brooks, um, Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, you got Kyle Anderson, who's been a great player. Um, he he has so much young talent, and I think this team could go really far, being led by John Morant. And I definitely think he's being. I definitely think he is making an MVP case. Um, if he can continue this up and get the Grizzlies the top seed in the playoffs, I definitely think he's going to be one of the front runners for MVP. At number three, we have the Miami Heat. Um, you look at the Miami Heat and you look at how much depth they have. Uh, Tyler Hero has been playing really well. You obviously have Jimmy Butler, one of the best scorers in the NBA. Oh my gosh, I'm talking so quick. Um, um, yes, yeah, so they have so much depth. Tyler Hero has been playing well. You obviously have one of the best big men in the league, Bam Adebayo, um, and Jimmy Butler, who is a really an incredible player. Great mid-range, great defensive. We saw how good he was in the uh, 2020 NBA Finals, and we're getting to see his greatness still. Um, at number two, we have the Golden State Warriors, a team who has just gotten uh, Clay Thompson back and has just been getting better and better and better. Um, they just recently, last night, crushed the Mavericks, who are a bit um, a bit unhealthy, but they're still a really good team. Um, they weren't missing any of the other guys. They weren't missing Luca or Kristaps or anyone, but um, and this Golden State Warriors team is still really incredible. Um, you look at how much chemistry they have: Jamal Green, Clay Thompson, and Steph Curry. Such a great team. All right, and number one, we have the Phoenix Suns. Chris Paul. Um, I just saw the stat in the last four games; he's been putting up twenty points per game on sixty-one percent field goal percentage. I am about to reach the thirty-minute mark, and I cannot record any longer. So if my audio cuts out. I'm going to have to re-record again. Not re-record, but add like an extra five minutes. Not five minutes. I don't know. What the heck? Um, but, yes, this this team is really good. And um, I definitely think the best team in the NFL right now. Everyone, thank you so much for watching. Um, once you have a- Okay, guys. So, I ended up going back through my episode, doing my daily um, edits and stuff. And I realized that I said that my dad thought that Mike McCarthy was still the coach of the Packers, and I was wrong. Um, um, that's actually one of my other uncles, um, <laughs> because I know my dad would not say something like that. Um, um, I just I felt like I had to say because I'm I do not want to embarrass my dad for something that isn't true. So um, I didn't get to do a proper outro. Um, I tried to do it. Um, because for when, for my recording sessions, I have the max I can do is 30 minutes. And I've never gone even close to 30 minutes. I've always been at like that 25-ish highest mark. But this was a longer episode. So, um, yeah, I guess this is my official outro. So thank you all so much for watching and listening. And um, I definitely look forward to watching some NFL playoffs. I don't know if I'll be able to get an, an episode in to um, – before the Super Bowl, um, I don't know. I'll try to, but if I can't, I can't. I'll definitely do one after the Super Bowl. Um, and I'm definitely going to miss talking about the NFL on my podcast. So thank you all so much for watching, and I want you guys to all have a great day.